0: The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording.
1: With Josh Jensen and Tommy Jacket. It's a daily talk show episode 259. Oh, I'm feeling feeling pretty comfortable. Yeah, we're uh, in Craig Harper's Zen Den. <laughs> Zen Den? I no, like that. this isn't the Zen Den,
0: is it, Craig? This is my creative space. This is the engine room yeah. of me.com. This it, is where it all happens, if Tom. You
2: fo- if you follow Craig, this is where the whiteboard that he writes on in photos and posts... Is, this is where it's, we're looking at it right now This is
0: it, this is the creative space from which I give birth
2: to things There's a quote up on the board, have you posted that yet? Oh yeah, a while ago Can you read it for us?
0: A fucking up is inevitable but how you respond is optional Mm. Mm. Which is true It's part of the the human process isn't it? Doing dumb shit and good shit and, and figuring out, you know how we react and respond and navigate things after
1: that. Mm. Whiteboard lessons, When? how did they actually become a thing? Do you remember the first time that someone said, hey, you could, you could make it something? It's funny, you
0: know, like you and I, uh, you guys and I and a lot of people who listen to this, I guess part of what we do in the context of our job or our business or whatever it is we sell or offer or want to give to the world is creating connection with people, yeah. building an audience, getting people's attention so to speak, has Gary V's always day trade attention? And um, I, I wish
2: remember- he, 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 I wish he sounded as manly as that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a lot more weaselly than <laughs> he's a little bit.
0: He's very, he's very that and very busy. Um, very busy. Anyway, <laughs> I remember. I remember one day I had written something on my whiteboard for someone that I was coaching. It was just a single idea or concept or line. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then. They went home and they sent me a message and said, oh, could you just take a screenshot of, could you take a picture of that message, that that idea or that line or whatever and send it to me? And I sent it to them. And then I thought, I might just put that on Facebook. And it mm-hmm. was, I can't even remember what it was, but it was an idea or a concept that I'd shared many times through the old-fashioned keyboard. And uh, so I posted it. And it literally got about five times as much uh, feedback and comments and likes and attention as the exact same thing that I'd written in some shape or form many times before. And I thought, okay, so I thought I might do another one. I'll do another one tomorrow, write something else and take a picture of it. So I wrote an idea or a concept or a bit of advice or a strategy or a construct on the board and took a photo of it and posted that and that got lots of traction Mm. as well. And I remember early days I wrote something like I think I started doing whiteboard posts in 2016 in January and I wrote something like it's nice to have abs or it's great to be in, sh- yeah, it's great to be in shape but a, a fuckwit with abs is still a fuckwit, <laughs> right, which is just a quirky little silly thing because yeah. the point being, yes, it is good to be physically fit and in shape but that's not the totality of who we mm. are and how we are. Mm. And that came out of me, my personal journey, of course, being an obsessive weird bodybuilder and also working with lots of insecure, overthinking people who look for their identity and their sense of self through what they look like. Mm. It's nothing wrong with looking great. It's a good achievement. It's nothing wrong with being in shape. But when we get our entire sense of self and self-worth and self-esteem and value from our identity, we're probably, one, going to be pretty vulnerable and insecure because that stuff disappears. And two, it's not a healthy paradigm mm. for living
2: life. Mm. Aside from the person who invented whiteboards, you're probably the the second most beneficial person, a uh, person who's benefited most out of whiteboards. <laughs> yeah. You've built the audience around it. The whiteboard lessons, that's when I bullied you into getting an Instagram account. Mm. And then I said, Craig, we need a bloody name. And he, and he came up with whiteboard lessons. Mm. Is that stuck? Is pe- do people yeah, say look, Whiteboard well Lesson? Oh, it's your actual name. Your middle
0: name's now Whiteboard Lesson. Yeah, well, people don't know my name's Craig. They just call me LBW. <laughs> and um, no, WBL. WBL. Dyslexic momentarily. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because when you do a few things, like there are some people who only know me through whiteboard lessons, which is Insta, and other people who only know me through working in radio. Oh, you're mm. the guy from SCN, or some people who have only read my books, or some people who go, "You're Craig Harper, the fitness bloke," you know. And th- mm. so I'm known through a few um, through through few different kind of areas, but yeah, a lot of people just know me for that, and it's grown very organically and slowly. Um, I think we're sitting on about thirteen thousand followers, but it's a very highly interactive audience. Mm. So there's a lot of feedback and a lot of um, a lot of participation, for one of a better word. Mm.
1: Do you get influenced when people come up to you and say, "Oh, Craig, I know you from this or that"? Do you ever get into personal brand mode where it's like, "I don't want that to be the first way someone knows me"? Do you ever want to control that? That's a re- that's a really interesting question because.
0: It- as a as an educator and a coach, like where I started out, which is, you know, bums and legs and micros and macros and fucking calories and carbs and stuff, which is I'm still passionate about fitness and health and wellness, but then you get to a point where you kind of almost get to the end of that road personally, developmentally, philosophically, and you go, so I want to know more about humans now, not just mm. the, the biological spacesuit that they inhabit and – so sometimes when people go, "Oh, you're the fitness guy, you're the exercise science guy," it almost bothers me. But maybe that's my ego. Yeah, you know, where I go, no, I'm more than that. I used to be that. Now mm-hmm. I'm this guy. But it's all it opens the door anyway. And I go, yeah, that's that's my background. I don't work in the fitness industry anymore. And and then they often go, "Oh, what do you do now?" And I'll just talk to them about whatever you know that the corporate stuff that I do or the kind of coaching and the, the human stuff that I do beyond the purely just
1: physical stuff. Mm. Yeah. Tommy and I were watching uh, Austin Kleon. He's got a new book coming out. He wrote Steel Like an Artist and he's a uh, – What's it called? A Steel Like an Artist okay. is the book. Oh, mate, I uh, – I had a moment where I bought a lot of copies of it. Long story. Tried to create a bookshop. Um, Amazon <laughs> I had, had f- a breakdown and spent two grand on books. This was a few years ago. Was tried to create year. a bookshop. Well, what happened was I was buying them retail. Was it? Yeah. I so bet you,
2: worst idea I, ever. I bet you he heard Tim Ferriss saying gift you should gift books. Well, and so he bought. A shitload of So it.
1: this would yeah it would have been 4 years ago and I was wanting to buy a book for a friend and I go into the bookshop and I realize that none of the books that I like were actually in mm. the bookshop they always had to be like oh yeah we can order it and it will mm. take 2 weeks and Same. yeah and so I um I thought fuck it why don't I get my favorite books mm. And um, Amazon, I got this uh, email from Amazon saying American Express is doing a promotion where mm. if you buy from Amazon, mm. you get free shipping. And I was like, free shipping? What about if I ordered like 200 books? Would mm. it still be free? Because like, that's a fucking, that's like a freight. <laughs> like that's a huge amount. Of, uh-huh. That's a commercial quantity nearly. <laughs> and so, I didn't. I was like, yeah, sure enough. It was free shipping. So, I ordered, yeah, it was like 100 copies of Steel Like an Artist. A hundred copies of Sh- Show Your Work, which is another one of his books. Uh, Fifty copies of Vagabonding, which was a travel book. Um, Fifty copies of Stephen King's On Writing. And then I bought, I think it was like a hundred copies of, oh, Humans Jesus, Humans of Humans of New York. Really? There was a few, right. So anyway, this is before I and found Minimalism. what was total bill for this? So initially it was four and a half grand. <laughs> And then, but the great thing was, it was fucking uh, uh, bought through Amex. So I had I had fifty five days interest free, guys. But oh, anyway, so you, got, you had to get a credit card as no, well. No, no. So I had the credit card already, which was why I got the free shipping. Anyway, I told Bree, I said, like, this is what, like, I had the giddy feeling of a fucking just bought something really dumb, but it's like at the time you can confuse it f- for a good feeling like i've just invested <laughs> in my future this is going to be big and, mm. and so i told wow. brie
0: that's a story yeah. isn't it
1: so i told brie and she flipped out like you spent how much on books she said no that's right i said i bought about this uh, many books she said 400 yeah she said is that nearly a thousand dollars in books <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, oh, fuck. Now it's $4,500. <laughs> anyway, so I went to work that morning. I told my manager at the time, I said, oh, do you think Bree's being unreasonable or whatever? I done something dumb? She's like, no, I think, I think it's probably a bit silly. <laughs> and so my manager, like during my one-on-one actually helped me go through And she said, "Oh well, through Amazon, you should be able to cancel some of them." So we cancelled. There was a few humans of New York. We cancelled. I was going to say, I don't have that. So yeah. So there was only about two and a half grand's worth of books that ended up coming. (laughs) But the thing is, they ended up they they sent me um, these huge boxes of the books. And the first time around, the box was so big that it got destroyed. Like Amazon sent me a message where it was like it basically being destroyed in the post because it was. And when it arrived. It was like I just got sent to my work where I was working at the time. Mm. It was ridiculous. It was actually a triggering point for reception saying we're not taking anyone's deliveries now. So, anyway, my point is (laughs) that that Austin Kleon, who has wrote Still Like an Artist, a New York Times bestselling author, really like – he, he does these things called news, newspaper blackouts, which you would really love, which what he does is he gets a Sharpie, he gets a newspaper article, yeah. blacks out all the words and just keeps individual words to make up a poem or a sentence. Hilarious. Which is really great. Anyway, his new book, Keep Going, he's done as like a presentation at Bond University in the yeah. States. And uh, one of the points that he talks about is... We don't have hobbies anymore. Mm. We just have side hustles. Mm. And Tommy and I could really relate to it because it seems like everything that we could be good at, our next thing is, well, like, fuck, how can we make money out of it? It's mm. so true. It's like,
2: find something um, and you won't feel like you work a day in your life. That's yeah, Find a, something you love. Yeah, yeah pay for like, what you it's love. It's like people have taken that so literally to go, I like this. So I'm going to, I want to make money now doing this thing and mm. nothing else. Yeah. Is there a bit of like, um,
0: is it expectation people have built? Are you seeing this? Yeah, I think <clears throat> that's actually a really interesting idea that we don't have hobbies anymore because everything's got to become uh, productive and uh, financially viable. It's it's kind of a little bit sad, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I guess you know if. The, the original kind of thinking around if when your passion becomes your career, then you don't work or when you're doing what you love. It's actually written on the whiteboard right Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but then I, I completely get that and you guys get that too because you're doing something that you're passionate about and you're both creatives and you're both ideas people and you both, you know, love creating your own kind of model for work rather mm. than putting on a suit, sitting in a cubicle and answering to somebody. So mm. you've kind of done that in a way, but I think that uh, I also don't think that everybody who has a hobby can necessarily commercialise that and sometimes it's just okay being, it's like I love playing guitar. I've been playing since I was seven. I'm never making money from it Mm. because I'm shit at it. Right And that's okay You probably could put it on a concert mate I've seen you get 700 <laughs> people to an auditorium Why don't you just pull out I the guitar that And
2: do a song They're not
0: coming li- for my guitar No yeah, You, you bury the lead
2: <laughs> <laughs> Get him in for self-help Yeah Give him a concert Yeah exactly well, I tell
0: you what If uh, Adam Sandler can do a tribute to Chris Farley Which is getting millions of him yes. you seen that It's yeah. fucking great Have you watched the Netflix
1: I've watched it It's great It's very different Adam
2: Sandler's Netflix special I could not believe I was into it as much as I was because yeah. he's
1: done a few it's Netflix films and they've just been. It looks like they're money grabs because they're they're done a little bit cheaper than say his. Like I used to love. This
2: is a Netflix special comedy special. Oh, so it's great! Him doing so, his it's his not like a, so it's, it's it stand films?
1: up.
0: It's stand up, but it's not. It's, it's yeah. stand up. It's a show. It's music. It's and it's shot. It's a hodgepodge. The actual doco is uh, or the the special is a. a, a kind of a montage of Mm. different events that he's doing so it's going from this event in this city to that event in that city and he's wearing different clothes to different audiences and doing different bits and but it kind of works and the thing is he is you know like I watch a lot of stand-up probably like I don't know if you two do but I watch a lot of stand-up it's a very walk out tell some funny stories be funny walk off whereas this is more uh, creative expression yeah it's it's like there's a whole bunch of shit and it's not him standing up there telling jokes, Yeah. but at the same yeah. time, it's, it's you know, and there would be some people who would hate it, but yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I think but- you'll be surprised. If you don't think you'll like it, if you like Adam Sandler, yeah, which can be the vibe with him is like, I like him, but his movies have, haven't been that great. I was really fucking surprised. Just kept me going. I could, it was something about the songs going in between just talk talking and songs yeah. that just kept me what kept my eyes glued to the thing and the pace is it changing up he's the weirdest dude who embraces his
0: quirkiness like it's it's fucking great have you seen him interviewed like i've seen him on a couple of um talk shows mm. he looks incredibly uncomfortable yes Howard Stern, he's looking on that. Really, he awkward, looks weird, looking at his feet, shuffling. He looks nervous. You would not think
1: this guy is a, a worldwide name. Yeah. And yeah. he's also, he heads up. Like, I feel like Adam Sandler is one of those names where he's actually got a bunch of people around him that, like, character actors that all go with him on his films. Like, he is. There is mate. The star.
2: He's got Happy Gilmore Productions. Yeah.
1: He's made
2: so many – like he's probably made his best mates so much money. Just like he's – it's cool. Like you see there's a whole bunch of these people online now. There's like the kingpin of the mateship and then they just sort of all gravitate around and just use each other in the best possible way. And so, yeah. And
0: isn't that good though? Isn't it good when you can kind of merge social stuff, working with mates, exploring the stuff that you're passionate about, paying some bills – developing, learning, growing, like that's what I love about the stuff that I do Mm. because there's no as a speaker or as a coach or someone who's, you know, like I just released an online audio program. I've never done that. I don't know anyone personally who's done that so I couldn't go and see how they did it. (laughs) Right, so you figure stuff out as you go, and you figure out the actual recording stuff and what content should I put in and how should I present it? Should it be super formal and structured? Should there be, you know, seven questions per section? Should there be a fucking Mm. workbook? And then how do we market it? How do we sell it? Should it be three hours long? Should it be 20? Like, you're just figuring stuff out. Mm. And next time I do another one, it'll be slightly different, and we'll learn. You know, and when I do, like just before Christmas, I did a brand new workshop at the convention centre, which was a one-day workshop, and it was a completely different format. It was like a great big classroom where Mm. everybody was sitting two to a table. So it was literally like school but with 100 people. So we limited it to 100 uh, and we filled the 100 quite quickly. Mm. And I did it, you know me, I never use fucking slides or PowerPoint or videos. So I did the whole day with slides. Mm. which was only 15 slides, but we'd put up a slide. I would talk about the idea that was presented up there. So there'd be a whiteboard post with a message. We'd talk about that message. And then off the back of that message, there'd be a couple of questions for them to answer. And I'd say, all right, get up, go meet someone new. And before they would have a chance to go, oh, fuck, I'm nervous. (laughs) I don't do that. And before they had a chance to overthink, I'd kind of almost yell at them to hurry the fuck up. They'd go (laughs) meet someone. And within about three. 30 minutes of starting the day, the energy in the room was fucking magic and everybody's Mm. meeting people, they're talking, everyone's there for the same reason, they want to learn, they want to change, they want to build resilience, they want Mm. more purpose, more meaning, more clarity, I want a better life, I want a better body, I want a better marriage, I want to be happier, I want to be more fulfilled, I I want to stop wasting my time, my talent, I don't want to be the overthinker. So everyone's there for something in that space and then you just open the door for them to have great conversations to to come up with their own solutions. But there's no three-step plan on how to create that experience. Mm. So I'm always going, well, let me try this, do that, and you go, fuck, that was awesome, Mm. that really worked. Or I'll do something else, I go, well, that was terrible, so we're not doing that again. So it's even with – because as a speaker or a coach or as someone who writes books or as someone who develops programs or there is no – There is no set strategy. There is no blueprint that everyone follows. In Mm. fact, everyone does it different. Even with, if you explained that Adam Sandler thing to me, and I hadn't seen it, I would be not very interested. Yeah, Yeah. So I did a "Ah." good job. Well, it's
1: it's not too dissimilar. What you're describing is sounds a lot like doing a stand-up routine for for a lot of people, hundred percent. Which is you know testing material, Mm. iterating, just going up, seeing what works. Um, You're doing this uh, 20 questions for humans book. Is there a universal question that you find? Because everyone's on a different path. Everyone's going through different shit. Is there a a universal question that we can ask no matter what the situation that will give us an answer? There's probably a bunch but one that springs
0: to mind is what's my life telling me? Yeah. Yeah. Did you say, what's my wife telling me? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I just misheard. Well, that's relevant for you too. But but, but also, I guess, a really obvious question is what's not working? And -hmm. you can go, well, in relation to my health, what's not working? In relation to my career, my bank balance, my situation, my lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, what's not – or what are my results telling me? Yeah. What's my fitness or what's my health telling me? What's my body telling me? What's my bank balance telling me? So it's all around I think paying attention to what's going on around you without overthinking it and without self-sabotaging and without self-loathing. Mm. And this is one of the challenges is we we put our head in the sand you know, when it comes to like how many people buy shit they don't need with money they don't have. Yeah. Fucking 400, everyone. Yeah. 400 books. Yeah, a yeah. lot of books. Four hundred books. <laughs> a lot of books. Good idiot. Books. <laughs> how many people eat shit they don't need while already being in a body a that donuts, is- A lot yeah, yeah, of yeah, donuts. A lot of 400 donuts. No nastiness here, yeah, but yeah, like, no. okay, so- you know let's and there's no judgment or opinion there's just a fact you know yeah. so you might be overweight you might go i don't like being overweight i'm mm. i'm i'm heading towards morbidly obese i'm not particularly healthy i'm not particularly well mm. i would love to be fitter leaner lighter healthier right mm. i'm not talking about ego or vanity i'm just talking about function and health and wellness but at the same time i constantly eat shit yeah. Right, So we, we are kind of on one level wanting to do something but on another level sabotaging that very thing that we mm-hmm. want because in the moment and where we live is in the moment, in the moment I can eat this shit and get instant gratification yeah. or I can spend that mm-hmm. money and get instant gratification or I can tell that person to fuck off and feel ins- or I can blame that person because if I blame that person then it can't be me. Then so, it can't because if it's my fault,
1: I have to do something. What's right? the mechanism then? What can we use to go go beyond that? How like if it's so natural and unconscious, if the the eating the thing is just the what we've defaulted to or reacting a certain way, is there is there even a question in that moment that we can ask or how can we f- be mm. present in that moment to make a change so you answered the question in the question and <laughs> that you said that we are so unconscious
0: and the answer is to become conscious mm. yeah and this sounds bullshitty and kind of deli lamary bless but it is really about consciousness and awareness like so i i try to bring things back to me in in the sense of these explanations because then if i'm if I'm describing myself and being self-deprecating, then people can't get offended so much. But I know that when I was morbidly obese, when I was a kid, I know that when I got out of shape in my 20s, I owned a gym, I was working in gyms and I let myself go and I went up to nearly 120 kilos. I was simultaneously telling people to do one thing and Mm -hmm. personally doing another Mm -hmm. because I had a food issue. I knew I had a food issue, but I kept – uh, delaying and avoiding and deluding and procrastinating and wearing bigger, baggier clothes and fucking faking it. Mm. And it wasn't until I got to the point where I went, okay, you're a fucking fraud, you're a big fatty Craig and you're you're full of shit yeah. and you're undisciplined and you're lazy and mm. you're making bad choices And you are fucking self-sabotaging. Now, you can feel sorry for yourself and you can rationalise and justify and talk about genetics and you can talk about how busy you are and how you fucked your back so you couldn't train. Or you can just go, that's all fucking Mm. bullshit. I can get up today and go and walk five kilometres and eat fruit
1: salad for breakfast, not bacon and eggs and white bread and butter. How about the – because the food issue thing – is interesting because I think where what Tommy has identified with me is I can eat poorly, but then I can not eat poorly, but the or I can change my habit. I can go from eating the sweet food, but then the replacement, whilst it is moving me towards being lighter, losing weight, it's its own food issue because I'm saying, okay, well. I actually would prefer just not to not to have to worry about what to fucking eat. Mm. So I'm just going to have one like one meal and it will just be this type of thing. Like I I basically under eat based on I find that fucking easier than the challenge of working out whether I should have blueberries. So it's going or I'm salami. eating badly.
2: I'm going to remove food completely, which I see is the just as bad as What's What's making bad decisions there? Because it's like it's another food. It's inevitable. So
1: you don't actually fix the issue. You're just bringing that energy into it into another one, which is like going from eating. Say, if I replaced uh, every time I had uh, chocolate with fucking protein bars, or if I was just eating one type of food. I mean, is is that is that going to fucking like what's the what's the answer? I don't know. It's complex. Um, look, the, the thing about food,
0: what's trickier about food than other um, irrational behaviours and unhealthy habits and addictions is that, for example, you don't – there's no requirement for you to gamble. There's no mm. requirement for you to drink alcohol. But yeah. there is a requirement for you to eat. Mm. You have to eat. Yeah. So all of us – good or bad, for better or worse, consciously or not, all of us have a relationship with food. Mm. So, and also just like gambling, just like sex addiction, just like alcohol, just like cocaine, just like dope, just like any substance or thing that we use, food creates a biochemical response in the brain. And if you love fucking cheesecake like I do, the biochemical response <laughs> is dopamine. Just like with someone else snorting Coke, it's dopamine, right? So it's not the Coke or the, the cheesecake that we're addicted to. It's the biochemical response. It's the feeling. It's the physiological mm. and emotional and euphoric state that we get in, mm. right? So so when people are very naive around food and addiction and they go, oh, well, just fucking uh, – toughen up and just you know just willpower it's, yeah. it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous and they don't understand it so and there is no again and this sounds evasive but we have this i think we have this mm, flawed collective mindset and that is there's a way to get in shape mm, yeah. there's a way to beat addiction there's a way to make money there's a way to run a business no there's fucking thousands mm. maybe millions mm. so The way that I eat is, for the most part, I eat no shit. Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone should do that, but I have food issues. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how educated or intellectual or successful, in inverted commas, I might be, I'm still a human with human bullshit. And part of my human bullshit is once I open the fucking cheesecake door, the shit happens, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I need to – and people think, oh, but you're so this – no, it's – It's like saying to an alcoholic, well, you've been sober for 20 years, you're smarter, you've got a business, you've got a family, you've got kids. Like one of my mates has been sober for – you've spoken with Mick Hall, haven't Mm. you? Yeah, yeah. So – and he's successful, he's got kids, he's got his own company, he drives a beautiful car, he's blah, 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 he's got his shit together. I'm never saying to him, mate, just have one beer because you've got your shit together now. Mm. And nobody would think about it because – and it's the same with – other people who have addictive tendencies around other things. And so you need to develop your own operating system. Mm -hmm. Um, And and for me, for the most part, you know, Tommy knows this, like I will, after you guys go, I'll have breakfast and I will have oats and almonds and psyllium husk and protein powder and almond milk. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty much the same amount of everything that I have every day. I enjoy it. And it's not like I eat it and I'm like, fuck, I hate this, but it works. I enjoy it. Mm. What is it but called? Cilia, what's the husk, husk, thing? husk? What I,
1: actually is it? Fibre. Yeah, it's fiber. What the fuck is it? It's like powdered. It's, it's
0: no, powdered it's not powder. even fi- it's not even powdered. It's quite it's quite grainy and granular. It's like it, yeah, it's just Is it's, it like you, a plant product? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a plant product. So it's it's a it's a it's almost like fucking Chaff, you know, it's weird. It makes yeah. the Does it make your
2: shit or something. Makes, makes you shit. Yeah. Uh, so cut. So the, the interesting. Well, you're off
1: booze. So I've not drinking for 2019. It's pretty really. Yeah. Yeah. a Twenty I mean, twenty days in. He's, he's gonna fuck shit up in 2020. You should.
2: <laughs> but you know, like I 100. percent If I'm looking at other people who – there's many more people – many more people. There's many people that are a lot worse with their habits around alcohol than I am. And they're still – what I I don't classify them as alcoholics. For me, I see it as like I may as well just cut it off and try something and give it a go. I know I'll be a better person without it and that's just for me. For something like Josh, he's cut off social media at the head for him and his personal use. Whereas – the, it's not as easy to just cut off the food thing at the head, mm. like you said, because we're coming. Mm. You've
1: got to eat well, at I, some point or you'll yeah. die. Well, I think the other thing too is where I do see it being a problem is when it becomes unproductive of not being able to – like I can I can be really – the thing is that I use food as a, a, a almost like a medicine to yeah. medicate and so my productivity when I'm not eating – that much goes down significantly because normally mm. I'm self-medicating or I'm eating mm. and that gives me whether it's you know sugar or what it like it makes me feel good it's not mm. emptying mm. the willpower bucket whereas at the moment I'm fucking depleted because I'm like I cannot there's only so many things I can um, you know so much willpower I have and I'm using it at the moment on not having fucking yeah. cheesecake here's a question how do you
2: when you're a friend Or you're a person, you see a friend and you see the answers for them, Mm. but you know that it's not – it doesn't solve it by saying, here are the answers, mate. Mm. This is probably where you're missing. How, how do you approach that? Because that's – I mean, that's – I see Josh well, in that way. Well,
1: given an- given Craig's talked about like this fucking a thousand ways of doing it, yeah. your answer isn't necessarily their answer. And so,
2: so. I – and what I've identified – and this is, you know, looking at you with yeah. the fitness staff, it's looking at other people. It's I think it's what everyone does for their partner. But you know that it's not okay to just go, mate, I reckon you should now try this because they're not going to do it. They're going to yeah. tell you to get fucked. What's a way to – approach that when you do see something clearer from the outside than the person does from the inside and someone who
0: you love? So one of the questions I get asked a lot at the end of workshops is uh, often from ladies, I don't know why, guys as well, but more ladies, they'll come up to me and they go, thanks, that was great, whatever, loved it, fucking light bulb moments, wah, wah, wah. I wish my husband came. (laughs) And then they go, how do I make him – (laughs) X, Y, Z, how do I make him, how do I make my husband do this? How do I make my husband see that? How do I make my husband realise this? How do I make my husband or my wife change that? And the answer is you don't. So you can't change anyone and you can't make anyone do anything. All you can do is influence people. And the, the funny thing is like let's say Amy had a bit of an issue, right? And you went... Hey, Ames, I reckon you should X, Y, Z. She might go, on a level, fuck off because you're you and she's her and you guys. But if I maybe said something very similar, right time, right way, she might go hmm, that makes sense, Harps. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) I think it's whenever you're super close. Like I feel like there's Could be the 400
2: bucks she's paying you for the hour (laughs) to to run you through a go- In the old days. (laughs) In
1: in like relationships, I think that constantly happens. And I think Mm. it's probably even going to happen with you and I being Mm. in business together is it's like it takes an- We're so close that we can't sort of- there's too much mm. shit, other shit going on that we're oh, sort of bringing. And into also, everything? you have
0: to be aware. So the the answer to your question, which I didn't really answer, is on, on your part is awareness and knowing whether or not that person actually wants to hear that. Mm. So I, I've written in, um, I can't remember. I think it was, uh, I think it was stop fucking around. I wrote a chapter about my mum who smoked for a long time when she was younger. And when I kind of realised when I, I, don't know how old I was, when I realised how treacherous smoking was, well, that was it. I was like the anti-smoking fucking campaigner for Latrobe Valley, you know. <laughs> um, and I was eight and I'm like, mum, look at these pictures. Mum, you got to stop smoking. Mum. And I did that till I was about 30, right? So like decades And all that it did was piss my mum off. Mm. It didn't help. She didn't want to hear. It didn't create connection. It created disconnection. And it didn't create enlightenment. It created resentment. So how could you influence? So you can't. Cut her ciggies in half. But you've got to (laughs) – that's right. I mean, it's not your job. Mm. But all you can do is say – like recently one of my friends is going through some shit, a dude, and – I can't expand, but I will just say he's got something going on that I think he needs to deal with. And I thought, I don't really want to have this conversation because I know he doesn't probably or he's not waiting for me to – so I just said – we had lunch and I said, before we start, I want to say something. It's going to take two minutes and then if you want to talk about it, we will. If not, let's just fucking, you know, eat our chicken salad and sing Kumbaya, right? So I told him what I thought – I needed to tell him and what I think if he paid attention to what I told him and he did something about it could be very valuable and helpful mm-hmm. to him. However, it's up to him and he needs to want to do it. And I said, you you might hate me after this or resent me, but I'm coming from a place of love. And that is because I care about you. Mm-hmm. I don't actually want to tell you this, but I think I've got – I think I know what's going on and I think I could help or I think I've got a a thought, an idea that could be valuable to you. And uh, I told him and he sat there for about a minute and just looked at the table and then he looked up at me and he had tears in his eyes. Mm. And he goes, you're exactly fucking right. Yeah. And I said, cool. So I go, mate, I I love you. I think you're great, but I think you're fucking up with this one particular thing. If you want no judgment, no anything, I'm just saying this because I... I want you to be okay and I want this thing to be better on planet you. And, you know, that just takes, not on my part, on his part, courage to go, yeah. yeah. You know, and it, the mm-hmm. thing is you think about everything that we do in the space of, like most of the books that you read mm-hmm. on some level, Josh, are uh, a personal development. Yeah. And I guess you too, Tommy. Mm-hmm personal development, growth, how do I learn, how do I evolve, how do I do life better, my business better, make money better, build a brand better. It's all about personal and or professional development. And then really what all of that is about if we want to disseminate it is about self-management. Yeah. How do I manage me? Because you think about this. If you can't manage your mind, if you can't manage your emotions, if you can't mm-hmm. manage your body, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Your life is fucked. Your relationships are fucked. Your business is fucked. Your bank account is fucked. Your happiness is fucked.
1: Mm.
0: You know, you can't – if you are a train wreck, forget – you know, you think about someone, all right, they're living in a mansion on Beach Road looking at the fucking bay and they're driving their Ferrari and they've got $50 in the bank. So externally they're killing it. They're, They're really good at business but mentally, personally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, they're a train wreck life is no good mm. and so it's this ongoing i guess um a uh, uh, jigsaw puzzle of making this picture that is complete whereas yeah make money build a brand build a business be a good human look after your body have a uh, have a have a uh, an awareness of your internal health your spiritual mental emotional health whatever that means for you maybe it just means being a decent human mm. maybe it means turning down the anxiety and the overthinking maybe it means you know serving others not just serving yourself maybe it means having a a purpose bigger than you and your ego i don't know what like for me I, as I've, I've said, I think maybe even on this podcast, I tried selfishness for a long time. Yeah. It didn't fucking work. Yeah. It doesn't make me a good person. I don't like me when I'm selfish. I don't like how I am around others. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean I've got to be the Dalai Lama, but what it means is when I am working to help and impact and influence people genuinely to do that with no agenda, I'm not talking about workshops where I'm being paid, but just the countless opportunities that I am presented with to help and listen and talk and coach and care for for no commercial gain and I embrace those things because I think that's part of what I'm meant to do. Then you become a better person in the middle of your life and your life becomes better around you.
1: Mm.
0: Was that too deep and philosophical? It was good.
1: No, do you think working on do you think there's people that use working on other people's shit as a way of avoiding their own shit.
0: Or maybe even, maybe, but also maybe a bit even understanding their own shit yeah. and getting perspective on their own well, shit. Well, they
1: say like psychologists are all a little bit tweaked themselves. Oh, Have you heard? I think
0: so. And, yeah. and a lot of them are, and I don't think they'd be offended by that because I've worked with lots of personal trainers who've got body image issues yeah. and food issues, and I'm one. Yeah. So, like, I think we've got to be less precious about calling our own bullshit. Mm. <laughs> it's like, well, of course I'm flawed. Yeah. Of course I've got body image issues. Of course I'm insecure. Of course I want approval. Of course I want you two boys to like me because I'm fucking human. Yeah. This is the human experience. When people go, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a total yeah. lie. Yeah. Everyone cares. Everyone. And if you go, I don't care what anyone thinks about me, you're deluded or you're psychotic or you're just lying.
1: Mm. So
0: now there's a difference between that and being totally paranoid and insecure and wanting everyone to love you. That's a different thing. Yeah. But this is like I just – I feel that especially men, we need to open the door on going, you know what, I'm a bit flawed, I'm a bit fucked up and I'm a bit scared sometimes and mm. that's all okay. Yeah. I don't need to be this fucking alpha male chest-beating Neanderthal that fucking knows everything. Because one, that's a show and that's bullshit. And two, it's not a good paradigm for life
1: because yeah. it just doesn't work. Mm. It can be appealing. I think that I've like seen uh, like I feel like I've got a lot of sort of feminine qualities. I talk about stuff a lot. I sometimes I see uh, Tommy's ability to work through things uh, at an external level where he's not reflecting it. I res- respect that. But mm. I also think that Tommy's trying to come – Like he's trying to pull off the uh, the mask, and I'm all I also see the benefits of the mask because, say, being a passionate person, for instance, Mm. being a passionate person can be an awesome quality. A passionate person can also be the thing that leads to fucking meltdowns and blow ups, and you know, being a pain in the ass to be with. How do you take your best quality, your best attributes, and maneuver them so that they also don't fucking hold you by the neck and control your life.
0: So the difference between say um passion and focus and on the other side obsession yeah is that passion and focus is in control. You mm-hmm. have a level of control. Yeah. Obsession out of control. Mm-hmm. And so people go it's like I've had a bunch of people say to me, "Oh, you know, alcoholics and addicts. You know, I think I'm just going to become a fitness junkie. I'm like, mm, that's actually bad as well. Yeah, you don't like, need to be a junkie. You don't need to be a junkie. You don't need to be an addict. <laughs> yeah, it's like people think I'm addicted because I train every day. I'm definitely not. Yeah, I'm happy to go and do 20 minutes at the gym and fuck off, or I'm happy to have a day off. Yeah, but but it's it's about having that that healthy relationship with whatever that thing is. And I think when you have look we were talking about Gary V before when we were having a coffee and I think we all respect him and like him but and this is just from the outside looking in one of my thoughts on it was that he is obsessed and yeah. I think he'd probably say that mm. and I think sometimes and it and again this is just an external uh evaluation yeah, yeah. is that Eh, I don't know how much balance he has. Yeah, mm. you know, and he says so th- some things sometimes, like, you know, family is everything, and da da And I look at at his schedule, and I think, well, if family is everything, I <laughs> don't know mm. that your behaviour and your lifestyle and your choices is a reflection of that, because if family is everything, you would probably spend more time with them and less work and work less. Mm. But I could be wrong. Maybe that's me just being judgy. Yeah. So. You know, I I think with all of it, you know, with business, with life, with family, with relationships, with love, with purpose, we go, well, what are my values? What are my core values? What are the things that mean the most to me in life? And then the challenge is to build a lifestyle and a situation and an environment and a, a career around those values. So I reckon I'm fortunate because I get to talk about my values and live my values and put them into practice. And share thoughts and ideas because my one of my values is helping people. One of my values is exploring potential and and talent. One of my values is is serving people. You know, um, and so I get to do all of that, and at times get paid for it. So it's it's a nice fit. So what I'm hearing is turn your hobbies into your side hustle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I love Gary v. I think he's great, but and it's just and he. Probably would say the same about me in some way if he fucking knew who I was. Um, <laughs> it's like, I, to me, sometimes it, some things seem a little bit lopsided. Yeah. Like when I, you know, when, you know, it's like I had somebody um, when, a while ago, a year or so ago, a dude approached me and go, um, essentially, are you interested in X, Y, Z? And I said, no. And he goes, and, and his premise was, well, I just want to help you grow your XYZ. i Z. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. I go, you want to sell me shit because you work on commission. Yeah. yeah. I go, that's the truth. And he looked, mm. I go, let's, I go, you're going down the, yeah. the wrong road with the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when you who don't really know me. Yeah. Tell me that you're only about helping me.
1: Cool, help me and do it for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon that's his truth, the way that he's spun it well, that, in his mind? That's and,
0: Yeah, and that's a sales pitch and yeah. that's a tactic and I just want to help you. Aren't you interested in growing this or doing that? Yeah. I'm like, do, you li- do people listen to this? Like, mm. do people buy that from you? Many people have bought isogenics. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's When I get that, hey, Craig, I want to talk to you about an opportunity, (laughs) I'm like, fuck your opportunity. Stick your multi-level marketing up your ass and don't fucking pretend that you want to have a coffee with me when what you want to do is sell me shit and manipulate and coerce Mm. and manage a situation. If you've got something to sell, that's cool. Ring me and go, I'm involved in this multi-level marketing (laughs) thing and I would like to get you on board because if I get you on board with your influence, that's real good for me. Yeah. Okay, I'm way more comfortable with that because you're being honest. Yeah. Be honest. If you believe in your shit so much, why do you have to be fucking deceptive, and why do you have to stooge somebody into uh, under a false pretense to get them to a place to then unpack mm. this thing? I mean, up the
2: hierarchy of that those business chains is people preying on emotional people. Well, someone willing losing. to buy in. They're willing to buy yeah. in. Like think about it's it's almost manipulation at its finest from the top down from multi-level marketing companies where they say, okay, who needs to – are you looking to work less – Earn more money. It's like they're the people that go fuck me, 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 and then they get that that are like conning, trying to con other people. It's not even they don't see it as conning. I it's have all to the say. same.
0: It's all in the space of two minute abs. It's yeah. all in the space of think and grow rich. It's all in the. It's it's the. Will it it's, go? Will it be done? Do you think? What? Like you've been in the industry. Will what be done?
2: All that shit. The multi-level marketing, no, human nature. fitness nature. No, no, no. there'll always a be a version of that.
0: Yeah. yeah, there'll always be a version of that because, because the vast. <laughs> do I say that a lot of people <laughs> want the reward without the work mm. yeah a lot of pa- people want the destination without the journey and you've heard me speak about it endlessly and that is the dichotomy is that on the one hand we want to be successful but on the other we don't want to do the shit that gets us there yeah, yeah.
1: and cuz if that was the reality that would make sense if you are if the if the aim of the game is to do x y and z and there is an easier way that I, can, I can understand the psychology behind it. I can see why it would seem inefficient if it was like mm. this person's working their ass off, but there's actually this thing that you can take that's going to get you the results. I can I can see the... Well, if the so, of course. I if mean, so, if there is a more
0: efficient way, I'm in. That yeah. We're not talking about efficiency, though. Yeah. We're talking about fucking smoke and mirrors. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about bullshit. Yeah. We're talking about, no, you don't have to do that. You can do this and hardly work and make... You know, it doesn't. It doesn't work with mm.
1: resolutions. We're in uh, what? It's uh, January el- January eleven. Mm. What's yeah. the? You know, you've been on the Earth a little bit longer than us. What's the? What's the deal with resolutions? There's there's the one camp which is like fuck them. They're a, a waste of time. I've ju- I've tried news resolutions. They never work. And then it's the people who on you know new year's eve are putting together their notebook full of resolutions where do you sort of sit
0: so i think what matters is what happens over the long term so i think and and uh, you know this is just educated pretty educated guessing but you know even that that question do re- new Year's resolutions work what does that mean mm-hmm. what does that mean do you mean do you work Like, do you do the work? But the New Year's resolution is just an idea about creating some kind of change and we go, let's do it on that day. Like, put it this this way, if New Year's resolutions as a thing were a drug – it would be banned because the vast majority of the time it doesn't do what we think it's going to do. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't cure change fix anything. Well,
1: it's like a placebo, right? If it can trick us well, it's into It's story can, we tell yeah, ourselves? And and if we, if it tricks us into doing the thing for like, sure. And also the like the latest story I have is it's like okay, if I have I started off with five resolutions Fucking three of them have sort of gone to shit. But my current story is: Hey, if every year I do five resolutions and I fuck off three of them, yeah, that's two resolutions every year that I'm incorporating.
0: And if look, if if somebody starts something on New Year's Day and that turns into long term uh, change, and then it's amazing, it's great. Yeah. But but the reality is, we know that the day that someone starts, be that a Monday, a Friday, a Tuesday, or the date, January 1, December 23, fucking <laughs> yeah. January 13, it's it's like we somehow think that it's about the date. Yeah. Mm. And clearly we think it's about the date because we all wait for the date. Yeah. I, I and you tell- go, okay, <laughs> the date's here. Today <laughs> yeah. is the date yeah. that I am changing. When you go, well, It's really about your belief and your expectation in that. It's a placebo.
1: We're
2: all in our own stories and I was saying to Josh and I've said on the podcast, it's a great – if you were to write a movie, there's a moment in the movie where you get to draw a line in the sand Mm. and there's a new beginning. So you almost get to reset. I think that's why it's so appealing to yeah. me, someone who loves stories, is someone who likes to sort of conjure up this, great, I'm doing this, and now this year I'm going to be doing this. There is. Do you is know a, what, <laughs> you you know what I think is
0: a much better idea, yeah. which just occurred to me, which you're doing, is rather than going, I'm going to change my life on January 1, and, you know, so now I'm 33, and let's say I live till 80, so the next 50 what is that, 47 years, the next 47 years I'm going to behave differently and do. this is me now forever, which is unlikely for most people. Mm -mm. But I think to go, I'm going to not drink for one year Mm. because there's a start and a stop. And you might get to the end of this year and go, no, this is my new normal. Mm. This is my operating system now. I don't need alcohol. Or you might go, yep, that was cool. Now I'm going to step back into it and I'll have a beer a week or whatever I'm going Mm. to have. But I think the idea of working, even when I'm talking to people uh, generally about creating change, I don't talk about the foreverness of it. Absolutely. I I talk about, let's work in four-week blocks. (laughs) And the reason we work in four-week blocks sometimes is because it's long enough to get results, but short enough to stay a little bit excited, Mm. right? Wow, four weeks down, 28 days down. Now I'm going to do some kind of assessment. I'm going to do my body composition, or I'm going to go for a run and see what my time is, or I'm going to tick off how many books I've read, or whatever the the mm. KPI is, whatever the measurement, the metric is, to get some sense of wow, I've really made progress. Now, what's the next 28 days about? Mm. Well, the next 28 days, I'm going to, I've, I've cut out this and that. Now I'm going to include that and remove that, and instead of running three Ks a day, I'm going to run four. Mm. So we the more methodical and structured and strategic and timelined we are and the less emotional the more likely we are to maintain that. Mm. Because when it's purely emotional, um it's gonna be temporary because emotion is temporary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Motivation is an emotion, excitement is an emotion, depression is an emotion, sadness, happiness. And all of these things are part of the tapestry of us, but they come and go. And when my ability to execute a behavior or do a thing consistently is dependent on motivation, I'm fucked. Mm. But when it's dependent on uh, some clearly defined structure, purpose, process, accountability system, and by the way, and I'm training with Josh five days a week, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to let him down as well, then I'm way more likely to keep doing what Mm. works. And then over time, incidentally, I turned that shit into a hardwired habit. And now this, without even trying, this has become my new normal. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to get motivated now because this is me on autopilot. uh, Next week, our one year of doing
2: shows, five days a week for a full year. It's it's interesting because we've ridden every emotion. We couldn't have relied on one
1: emotion to keep us going for the year. Do you remember I was even thinking when Craig was just talking about when before we'd hit our hundredth episode, I remember in around the episode forties, we were talking about, you know what, we might get to a hundred episodes and that might yeah. be it for us. We were talking about that. And then you just build that momentum where it's like, fuck, well we've done we've done this many. It's crazy not to Like so we've we've just sort of Incrementally mm. increased it, increased it, increased it to a point where it's like the buy in is so great now. There's no fucking way we're missing mm. a day. Like, I just, yeah. I feel like I've, I've, cr- I've, you know, crossed off too many days in a row. Mm my ocd isn't very i don't have the ocd but even I, even well, it, well well it's, it's <laughs> maybe <laughs> slight but i can't fucking break that chain yeah, now yeah. what's okay. the craig just to finish up what is the the small change that you you've made in your life that mm. you at the time seemed insignificant but that has actually completely changed the course of your life mm. changed your day-to-day changed craig harper as you are today. I
0: could, I could tell you lots of things, but on a – this is boring. This is boring, but it's true. On a very practical – It's not the husk, is it? It's not. the, it's it's the husk, husk <laughs> because I've got to say my poo's world class. Uh, that the affects end. you every, every day. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> it's been great. No, um, I, I would say my um, – and Tommy's uh, partly responsible for this – my willingness to embrace social media – where I just opened a door and I'm not a, a, you know, I'm not passionate about it, but I just realised what a valuable, uh, and not just social media, but the internet in general, you know, it's like my, um, like Tommy said, my, my last Melbourne workshop, we had 700 human beings there. I'm like, fuck, even, even (laughs) I think, and I'm, I've got a bit of a brand and I'm pretty ambitious and I go, it's so amazing that 700 people mm. go, here's my money, I'm coming to listen to yeah. you, you fucker, for three hours. Mm. And we've got a, a gig coming up in April, I think, and we've got a 1,250-seat room at the convention centre. And I know that that is um, the, f- the fact that the internet and social media more specifically gives me a platform to share stuff like this. Yep. Your podcast, it's mm. a platform, my podcast. Mm-hmm. The You Project. Uh, it's, <laughs> that should it's be a, a new intro. It's a platform. Yeah. You know, and, and I just think that um, I think people my age who don't get it are fucking living in the dark Yeah, because yeah. It's, it's just the world's just gone from in a way micro to macro macro where I can just access the greatest minds in the world I can listen to. I can... I can drive to see my folks on the weekend and listen to four episodes of you fucking maniacs <laughs> on the way up and back mm. and laugh and, and it's easy and it's good listening and it's not complicated but it's interesting. I can I can jump on my computer or my phone right now and watch a TED talk. Can that I be can, our new intro? It's not complicated, it's interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I just – you should get a T-shirt. <laughs> I, I just think that for me, stepping into – You know, this age of, um, you know, everything we have available to us now through the internet and social media more specifically is fucking amazing. And I think people don't – I think young people, of course, young people get it, but I think older people, like people who don't even – I'm blown – I get it, but I'm blown away that people don't listen to podcasts. I go, you can listen to some of the best minds in the world. Like even when I did my audio program, I probably shouldn't say this, but I was was saying to Melissa – and it's 11 and a half hours of content, so it's fucking- How can people get Can they still get it now? Yeah, yeah, it's please get it. Yeah, um, it's just go to my website, which is craigharper.net, and yeah. it's it's actually still on, it's still available for 97 bucks. It's 197, but it's 97 yeah, at
1: great. the
0: moment. But and, and it's as objective as I can be, and I'm, mm. I'm I think you and your listeners probably know I'm not full of shit, I don't. Like if I do something that's bad, I go, oh, I fucked up. Yeah. Mm. I'm really proud of this. I really think it's 30 different sections. It's We cover a fucking massive cross-section of human stuff mm-hmm. and I really like it. But even doing that, I finished and I went to Melissa who runs my life. Um, what if... <laughs> Like why would people buy this? Because you can mm. jump on the yeah. internet and listen to a million hours of conversations. You can listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins and mm. Russell Brand and, and Joe Rogan and, and you know, Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson mm. and you can listen to all of these people share their thoughts and mm. ideas and and sure enough we launched it and it started selling. It's the same like, reason
1: people go to university. Like there's, mm. there is something in the structure, in the – bringing it all together, connecting yeah. those dots. Because otherwise it can be a clusterfuck because you can watch Gary V. saying one thing mm. and then you can go and watch Tony Robbins say the complete opposite. So there is – it's the same reason I guess people go to fucking church every Sunday. It's like there's a million different ways can you of doing fuck it. fuck and church back <laughs> to back or – I think it's okay. On the Daily Talk Show you can <laughs> you anyway. Can do what you want. Yeah. The, I think that that's, that's part of it too. It's you're providing uh, – Curriculum or a structure, yeah. a, an introduction into this information. And I think mm. that there's a lot of power in that because sometimes on its own, these isolated bits, mm. it's very hard to actually connect. You, you,
2: they're also paying for you to be thinking and internalizing going into 11 hours of content. So there is like the bits that we're getting from other shit, you know, at events, little bits from a podcast. Mm. So then it's like we're actually paying for Craig to have thought about 11 hours of content for me, which is, yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because I don't think it changes. You're very successful in my eyes. There's other people who are well beyond you that would look down, you know. Yeah. I think we all experience the same thing, yeah. where we're like, "Is this any good? Is this? Yeah. Are they? Why would anyone want this?" And it's, I,
0: it's, I like tumbling. I mate. like the fact that I'm still insecure because mm. it means I don't have a big ego. Yeah, and, and it means I'm not arrogant because I'm I'm insecure. I'm I don't lie awake at night, but I do something. And even if intellectually I know this is pretty good, I can I'm that objective. Yeah. But emotionally, I'm like. Uh, maybe it's shit though. <laughs> you know, maybe it's shit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I think yeah. it's good, but other, you know, and I think that's good because it keeps you hungry and it keeps you, it keeps you uh, kind of aware and grounded. And because I want to keep, even though I'm mm. fifty five, and even though I've spoken spoken to thousands of audiences in. All over the world, I've spoken right, and it's great. But I still go, yeah, I've got to be better than I am. Mm. I've got to be. It doesn't mean I'm discon- or, or I'm not content. It just means that I still want to learn and grow and evolve. Well,
2: um, just quickly because we could go yeah. on forever. Um, getting complacent in saying uh, or objectively looking at what your situation, is saying, um, you know, yes, we could be doing well, but we've done really well, and so what. Josh, your pushback was: I think it's not. I think we can't be patting our backs, patting ourselves on the back for our accomplishments. Mm-hmm. We actually need to move look I think,
1: forward. I, I think what I try and do is create situations. I've worked out in my life the way that I've moved forward with things is to. It's it can sometimes be like I think, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, most days, saying "yet yeah, we're doing great" and all that sort of thing is really positive. But then, definitely, I like to show up some days and saying we're doing, we're at forty percent capacity of what we could be doing, and try and go the other way, which will then bring us up. do Do you have Do you have those moments?
0: Yeah, look, I think it's it's um, you can't live in that moment. No, no, there's a lot of pressure on yourself. It's almost it's almost a contradiction because, like, people think if you are content, Mm -hmm. and I'm very content. But that means you have no ambition. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I disagree. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i very content in the moment. Like I have a nice house, I have a nice life, I have a nice lifestyle, I have a nice career, I have nice friends. So in the moment I'm content. Now that
1: doesn't mean I don't want to do, be, create bigger and better. Yeah. Right, so and where mate- does that come from then? How do you create? Because I guess that's part of it. It's like, well, look, th- we've got an office, we could do it, we've got clients coming in, and all that. Like, so is, it what gra- is, the is bench- that being grateful? Well, so there's for being grateful, but you can't use that. I don't well, think, I think
0: it be- there's gratitude and awareness. It's yeah. like I think you both know. I work with this guy called John who got blown up in an industrial accident, and. You know, he was going to die and be a paraplegic and a quadriplegic and went through different, you know, and I've been training him three days a week. He's the only person I trained for the last year. And every day I spend with him, I'm gra- grateful, yeah. right? And so there's that level of gratitude. Oh, I can walk. Oh, I have a bed. I have. I can turn on a tap and there's cold water. I have a light switch with light and heating and air conditioning. There's just, you know, you have to, like when you contextualize you in, in, in contrast to the world, yeah. you go, well, there's 7.6 billion people on the planet. Not many of them as a percentage live like me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So one, thank you. This is awesome. But then it's beyond that and, and and it's like, do I have a body that's healthy? Can I move? Is my wife healthy? Is my kid healthy? Mm. So there's but we take a lot of things for granted. So I think, and that's more a spiritual sense of who we are, is to come back and go, by the way, higher power, God, whatever, whoever, whatever we believe in, thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm genuinely grateful because really, and we're getting very – I'm getting very philosophical, but like really what matters more, how much money you make or your girl Yeah. or my girl? Yeah, yeah. What matters, the bottom line this year or that fucking gorgeous kid of yours Mm. or my gorgeous kid? Cool. So it's understanding what role everything plays. And for me, building brand and getting bums on seats and talking to people and impacting lives, Mm. it's almost like an exciting hobby. That it's also a calling, yeah, you know. Um, but also away from that thing that I do and that gift that I have and that that goal that I have is the the person that I am, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's trying to manage, it's trying to in the middle of whatever you do and wherever you do it, to be a a a conscious being that y- you like. I think I like me.
1: That the gratitude piece when you bring it up, I feel like it's uh, external. So, I think it's looking at these things that we haven't necessarily played a part in. I think that maybe that's part of it is it's easier. I think gratitude maybe is easy to look at from I'm in a privileged position that I didn't necessarily do anything to deserve this thing. And it's just, and I'm so lucky that like I haven't been, uh, you know, had these hard knocks or these things happen. Whereas. Maybe what I try and do is say, yes, Those I'm really grateful for those things, but many of those have happened just because life worked out that way and nothing to do with what I've actually done as a way of putting pressure on myself to like... So, this is... I'm so grateful for all this sort of stuff, so I better fucking do my bit. I better be showing up every day. I better be pushing the envelope to be able to yeah. honour... That gratitude. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah.
2: yeah. You've got the opportunity. Take You're taking it. And, and don't yeah. wait Let's for the it.
0: fucking catastrophe. Yeah. yeah. Don't <laughs> wait till you get hit by a car. Yeah. Don't wait till someone gets cancer. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't wait to be grateful. Be grateful now because there's much to be grateful for. Mm. If you're listening to this, the chances are... You're in the top 1% of the world in terms of wealth because if you earn, I think it's 36,000 US or more, you're in the top 1% of wealthy
1: people on the planet. Crazy. If you've got something that can listen to a podcast and you can connect with people, yeah, Yeah. it's something Mm -hmm. to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Harper, mate, thanks for being on the podcast again. (sighs) I feel like at the end of our episodes, we're just like, just
2: hitting the stride that you could keep, we could keep going. But that's why. Let's we just one get day, you back on. let's
0: do a Joe Rogan style fucking three hour manifesto yeah. Yeah. and we'll just solve all the problems of the world. We we'll get about 17 coffees. <laughs> or we'll maybe a, get a vape pen, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> uh, we'll maybe do some hash cookies like Joe, yeah. whatever they are. Get Elon Musk. A few edibles, whatever they are.
1: <laughs> uh, one thing I want to get was telling i was saying this to tj earlier we've got so many listeners who are now sending in emails and so if you've listened to this conversation and you want to send us an email hi at the dailytalkshow.com i'll uh, forward it yeah. on to craig if it's for craig yeah well we don't know i think um we'll fucking have harps on more of an excuse yeah. to get in a room again mm. and have a have a chat but please mm. send it through because we talk about a lot of fucking stuff and i feel like in the these types of conversations inspire so many thoughts and mm. even more questions. Hi at the dailytalkshow.com. Prague, thanks for Love coming. You guts, on the b- Love your guts, boys. Love you buddy. too, mate. Catch ya.